Welcome back to Uptime Community. We're so glad that you could join us live today. Today's date is July 18th in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Greg Messina, and if you are new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the Christ, the way, the truth, the life. We want to make this an interactive forum, so we do welcome your questions and your comments today. I don't know if you know who Jesus is, but if you don't, we do encourage you to get to know him today. I do have to give you the bad news first. Here's the bad news. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, and we deserve eternal separation from God and his blessings. The good news is our debt or sins have been fully paid for by the finished work of Jesus Christ on that cross at Calvary. He shed his blood for our sins, died, was buried, and was the only person who was risen in a fully glorified body on the third day. If you believe that this has happened, placing your trust in the blood of Jesus, you are saved from eternal damnation. You'll want to begin starting to want to live for him and not for the world. And as scripture states, we become ambassadors for Christ when this happens. Isn't that amazing? So today we welcome Dr. Barry Awe on Uptime. Dr. Barry is a born-again Christian who believes in the eternal security through Jesus Christ. He has been married for 33 years, has four children. Dr. Barry is a doctor of chiropractic and natural medicine and a certified health minister through Hallelujah Acres. In 2020, he began focusing his attention on end-time prophecy teachings and posting them on his YouTube channel. Uh, We will bring him on, uh, but first, I do want to bring on our uptime panel today. Of course, we bring back Brother Bob Barber and Brother Michael Pels. And we have joining us today, Brother John Boucher from Watchmen for That Great Day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for coming out today. Yep, go ahead. That's an exciting night tonight. I'm really excited to have Dr. Barry all on tonight. Uh, Just such a wealth of knowledge. And Mm -hmm. what I love about him, he's willing to be able to put that research out there and narrow down these time windows. You Mm -hmm. know, we got this, all those people out there parroting. The whole nobody knows a day or hour. Nobody knows a day or hour. And, you know, that just keeps on going on and on. But, you know, what he's going to show tonight is solid, good research that can narrow down the time of the rapture. And really looking forward to it. Yes, and uh, we are, too. Uh, we have uh, we're going to bring him on momentarily. We do have a verse of the day coming from BibleGateway.com. This is Psalm 119.7. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. All right, that is coming from BibleGateway.com. Um, very awesome, awesome app application. You can also go to their website. Um, so anyway, uh, he's going to be bringing up some some interesting uh, thoughts and his research today. Uh, there is a very exciting uh, high watch time uh, next week. Isn't that right, brothers? 26th. I'm going to be having a yeah. live stream on that day too, brother. So, you know, put the plug in for that. I think mm, brother, right. a lot of stuff yeah. happening. It's an yeah, open it house. It's an open house. So it's going to, the link is going to be live. Oh, you know, when you see the advertisement or you see the, the thing, you can actually click the link and come on and, and share your, your thoughts on where we are and the love of the Lord and, you know, bless, bless the people around you and the, and the people watching. So. Well, that's what we love to do here, and that's what we do on Uptime. We share our thoughts. Uh, we get into unique end-time perspectives. Not everyone's going to agree on it, and that's okay. We're we're going to bring their side of the story and their research, and uh, that's exactly what Dr. Barry's going to be doing with 
us today. So uh, without further ado, I bring on Dr. Barry R. All right. Dr. There Barry. He is. Hey, and his wonderful assistant, Mike Mr. Bones. Got you. There we go. All right, you're, you're, there he is. Yeah. The host has unmuted my mic. Oh, okay. And I'm back, too. Why don't you introduce your friend there, uh, Dr. Barry, for those who for don't those know. For those that don't know, this is the uh, internet sensation. Mr. Bones, hello everybody. It's lovely to see you on Uptime because it's Uptime, y'all. Okay, I'm uh, gonna stand right here and watch. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Mr. Bones, thank you for uh, making your uh, your appearance on Uptime as well. Um, so. Yeah, we have a lot to discuss today, and you have a lot of research specifically in the ninth uh, of of. Um, so you're going to be discussing that. Um, first of all, I want to get into who you are, uh, your background before we get into any of that. Please, uh, please tell us a little bit about your testimony, how you came to the Lord, and uh, how you came to coming up with our YouTube channel recently. Uh, thank you. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, so... Uh, before I met Jesus Christ, I was one of the most dangerous men on the planet. You know, John Wick, uh, Jack Reacher, you know, I was much more dangerous than that. You see, I was a good boy that uh, grew up to be a good man with ambitions of being a good person. And I was born in a church family and uh, brought to church baptized as a baby, and uh, my life uh, started in church, and I was always around church people, and there was a picture of Jesus in our church. We went to a United Methodist Church in Illinois, and uh, my grandparents on my father's side were Christians, and my grandparents on my mother's side were Christians, so, you know, we had it covered, okay? So, I was so immersed in the church that I always thought I was on the winning team. And um, I knew who Jesus was. I knew he died and raised again. And I knew if you believe that you're going to heaven, right? So uh, I continued to want to be a good boy. You know, I was thoroughly afraid of God, although I didn't know him at all. And um, I had a lot of questions as I grew. I didn't really understand things. And, uh, about who goes to hell. And, uh, uh, you know, it, in my mind, you know, you get to, well, you know, Hitler and uh, uh, who's the other guy, you know, and you, you, you're like, probably only a few people are going to hell, you know, but but most of us are, are good people on the winning team, right? So that's, that's what I thought. So I knew Jesus, but I didn't, I didn't know him. Okay. And, and uh, as Chuck Missler says, one of the, one of the most the biggest obstacle to truth is the mistaken thought that you already have it. So I thought I, I had it. And as a young kid, I, um, I uh, went to church all the time. And in fact, if I was bad, <laughs> my mother would send us to more church. Uh, you know, my brothers and brother, older brother, younger sister, if we fought, my mom would say, you need more church. And so she would take us to uh, drop us off for more church services. So it was kind of like a, a punishment. 
And, uh, you know, like most kids, I uh, hated the sermons. My brother and I often got called out and uh, reprimanded for laughing and giggling and uh, uh, disrupting the service up in the balcony. Uh, but, uh, you know, <laughs> church, church was something you had to do. And, um, I, I just, I just knew that that made me part of the good team was I was going to church all the time. And, uh, you know, it was common for us on the way to church, the whole family is fighting and stressing and yelling and screaming and crying. <laughs> and then you get to church and you got on church face. Oh, lovely to see you, and, and also with you, and 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 so from the early stage, I knew that you pretended, you pretended at church, and uh, as soon as we leave, you know, it's just like you didn't have to take off all the fancy clothes before just the relaxation came, and you could be yourself again. And so, uh, you know, I, I uh, I'm not speaking against any other churches. This was my experience. Okay, I I, I don't. Uh, uh, mean to offend anybody, but this was this was my experience growing up. And uh, uh, a funny story is one time my my sister and I, when we were in trouble, got dropped off at church for correction, and we hid in the foyer so the church folk didn't know we were there. And as my father drove away, we snuck out, <laughs> and our church was near downtown, so we went downtown and had a little adventure and went to the candy store and. And I walked around the downtown square, and we were having a good old time. And uh, we uh, were in this one store, and I saw this adorable thing. It was a golden hammer with a silver handle. And uh, as you untwisted the handle, it was a screwdriver. And you could untwist it again. It was a littler screwdriver. And it went on and on down. So we just thought that was so delightful. So we bought it as a gift for my mom to make her, you know, feel better. So uh, then we scurry back to church, you know, and we get picked up and we're so excited about <laughs> giving this gift to my mom. And uh, so we uh, we pop it out and we're like, hey, here, we got you this gift and um, uh, kind of to make amends. But we had not thought ahead. <laughs> She's like, how'd you get that? <laughs> we dropped you off. It was starting and we picked you up right when it was done. So um, we were <laughs> we were caught in our lie. and. Uh, so we got in bigger trouble and had to do more church. And so that's that's how my childhood went. And and when I got old enough, me and my best friend who happened to live next door, uh, he was also, their family was going to the same United Methodist Church. Uh, we were old enough to now get confirmed in the church. And so the confirmation was, you know, you've been coming to the church, your family is members, but now you're old enough to confirm that you have made this covenant with the church so you go through this class for about six months and it was about memorizing verses and such and uh i was terrible at memorizing because um uh i had i had health problems as a from a baby and so i was on a lot of pharmaceutical medications which long story short just wrecked my gut and if you know anything about health your gut brain so i had this uh deficit of attention and or memory and or retention, uh, now called, as you all know, the ADD or ADHD. So I had that bad, but it was before anybody knew what that was. So uh, they just thought you were, uh, you know, lazy or, or not trying hard enough. So um, I made it through that class, you know, just barely. But even in memorizing all those verses, uh, you know, it never clicked with me 
the true message of the gospel. And so I, I, I looking back, I know I, I really was not saved at all. I was a church person. And I've, I've come to call that, that type of person a church-ian, not a Christian. A Christian is of Christ. I was of church. And so as I continued to grow, I met a girl, uh, Danielle, my lovely wife. And uh, we, um, we started dating right away. This was in 1987. And she was a Catholic. And her mother and older sister devout Catholics, even to this day, and uh, never miss a service, you know, the Sunday service and the Wednesday and any extra and holy days, always there. So her father was actually a Baptist, and uh, she had two younger brothers. So her father never wanted to go to the Catholic church. So uh, he stayed at home. He was a good man. And, uh, you know, everybody would say, he's a good man. He's going to heaven. And, uh, you know, his his Parents were Baptists, etc. But he never went. And as they grew, her brothers then got old enough to start saying, no, we're not going. And so when I met Danielle, the only thing that was important is you got to go to church. And uh, if you're going to date me, you got to go to the Catholic church. So church didn't matter to me. Uh, I just knew you had to go to a church. I had no idea the differences of churches. And so I would go to the Catholic church with her. And that was perfectly fine with me. Uh, it was actually kind of fun. Catholic churches are beautiful. You know, just, you know, our church was kind of small and wooden, a few stained glass, you know, but nothing fancy. And the Catholic church is like gorgeous and statues and pictures and artwork. And, and it's neat. You, you, you stand up, and then you, you got this little cushion to kneel on, you know, then you kneel and you say a few words. It's, it, it's very um, uh, regimented. And, and this and formulaic. And so you're in and out real, real quick. So I love that. And so, you know, uh, as, as I went then to college uh, in Davenport, Iowa, the chiropractic college, Palmer, um, she then would graduated and she went to the school across the river, across the Mississippi River in uh, Rock Island, uh, school Augustana. And she was going to be, um, uh, what, what was that? you Huh? Social work. She was going to be a social worker. <laughs> very liberal, right? And uh, and that's a very liberal school. And um, she didn't recognize it at that point. But, um, it, you know, we would, uh, it was so important that we go to church that, you know, every Sunday I'd wake up early and drive across the river and pick her up. And then we'd come all the way back in, into Iowa again. There was a Catholic church near my school. And uh, we did that. And we just thought we were just, starting out as the greatest little young couple, soon to be married, you know. And um, along the way, I met this girl in my school who was who claimed to be a born-again Christian. And she was saying, oh, no, 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 you got to be born again. And so I was, I was telling Danielle, I said, hey, we got to check this thing out. Apparently, we've been missing out. So she invites us to her house, and she basically does the one, two, three, repeat after me, we're, we're thinking we're going to have this great experience, right? We're going to get saved. Uh, and because what she was saying, I was realizing, yeah, I don't, I don't really get any of that. You know, uh, I, I, I don't really have this kind of that security you're talking about. So we did the one, two, three, repeat after me. I think she walked us through the Romans road or something like that. Still nothing. We finished and she's like, 
now you're saved. And we're like, we look at each other and we're like, um, okay. And she goes in, I got cheese and crackers. So the, the main thing we remember about the little get together, this is the first time we ever had Gouda cheese and it was really Gouda. Uh, but we, we, you know, we went back home and we're like, uh, I, I, what? I don't, I thought something was going to happen, you know, and it didn't. So uh, then, then we would sometimes go to the Catholic church and we were looking for other churches. And, um, you know, we went to some churches where we got in trouble for not um, being fancy enough. And, uh, uh, you know, you, you got to wear a tie or you got to wear a jacket or your, your neckline. You know? So we, we had quite an experience, but we graduated. Uh, she actually decided by that time that, that that path was going terrible. And so she decided to leave school at the same time I graduated. We came down to South Carolina, and the first thing we started doing was looking for a church because church was so important. All I knew was to, to know God, you got to be a churchgoer. And so I was a great churchian. And so we went to the First Baptist Church and then the Pentecostal Church and the Protestant church, and then, you know, some of these non-denominational, Silverleaf, Brookwood, Seacoast, Morningside. We finally found this church that was just getting started. It was meeting in a gym. It was meeting in a, actually a little auditorium. There's about 18 of us called Grace. And we're like, okay, this sounds good. We're going we're gonna to go the grace of God. So we helped them grow, and we, we were helping bring people. <laughs> this is so funny because I wasn't saved. All right. Uh, but we were helping bring people to this church and helping it grow. And then we went to the gym. We, and then we were at the YMCA. Next thing you know, we we're in this big building. And right now, Grace Church is the biggest church in Greenville and has now multiple buildings. It takes up a whole city block for their ma main building. And then they have all these other buildings. And I wasn't saved. All right. C could you bring up that picture of our little happy family? This was our this was our family. I then had four kids. We had four kids. And uh, that, that from the top uh, going around is Dante and then Madison and then Noah. And then little Jaybird is sitting on Danielle's lap. So we were a very clean cut, fancy church little family. Okay. But we weren't saved. And I know that because the moment that I actually then did get saved, everything changed for me. So. Flash forward a few years, about 2009, and some patients of mine uh, that I, I knew were, they were older and um, they were very good church people. <laughs> and they said, you, you got to hear this guy, Joseph Prince. So I don't know if any of you know Joseph Prince. I, I haven't mentioned him much because when I do mention him, it, it tends to bring chaos from the comments section. People either love him or hate him. Uh, but uh, he, he's, uh, he's from Singapore, and uh, he's half Chinese and half Indian. So he calls himself Chindian. And so they, they, they hand me this set of CDs from Pastor Joseph Prince. And he looks kind of like David Copperfield or something. I mean, he's, he's, he's real dark black hair, dark black leather uh, jacket. You know, he's kind of cool. And um, they're like, you got to hear this. So we had this vacation planned to... Uh, uh, Gatlinburg that we always take. It's about three hours from our house. And uh, we go there often and we always play great rock music and pop music and sing all the way up. 
and it had been a while since I had these CDs. And I, I, I told my wife, I said, I, you know, <laughs> and they had explained he's got a bit of an accent and everything. So a, a, a bit of history is I always kind of hated the sermon part of church anyways. So I was truly not looking forward to hearing any of this. And uh, but I, I'm I'm a man of my word. And I, I said I would listen. So I said, I got to give these back when we get back. So we just got to listen to this. So my whole plan was put it in for a little bit, kind of get the gist of it, put it away and give it back to him. I put in this CD. The first one I picked was, uh, will the real gospel please stand up? This is this was in about 2009 or or 10 or something like that. And um, I put it in and we start listening. And, you know, I'm expecting the kids from the back to start really complaining. And uh, there was no complaints. And I kept waiting for a part to turn it off. But the information was totally drawing me in. He was talking all about the grace of God and how by Jesus, our sins are taken off of us and put on to him. And his righteousness is put on to us. And his blood has washed us clean. And I, my mind was just being blown. And I was just hooked on every word. And lo and behold, the whole message finished. Still no complaints from the back. And I said, I said, hey, guys, I just want to hear just a little bit more of, of this next one. So I put in another one. Again, I know I'm kind of spoiling the trip. And we listened to a little bit of it. And I'm loving it. And I'm like, all right. I got to play some music, but as soon as we get to Gatlinburg, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to the rest of this. So I go to pop it out. And from the back of the bus, we had a 15 passenger van from the back of the bus, Dante and Madison, both in unison say, Hey, wait, we're listening to that. And I was like, Oh my God, my kids want to hear a sermon that is on our vacation. And again, you know, they were in Sunday school. They mostly, and we would always ask them, hey, what'd you learn about Noah's Ark? Hey, what'd you learn about next week? Noah's Ark. Hey, what'd you learn about for 15 years? Noah's Ark. So I, I just I just could not believe that. So I put it back in. And again, we listened to the rest of that. Long story short, when we got there, I, I spent most of the vacation running out to the van and, and, and knocking down more messages because it was like, I don't know, it was like 20 or something messages they gave us. And that was the moment that I suddenly realized I just got saved on this trip because I just heard the gospel for the first time in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I became so ferociously hungry for more of that truth that I couldn't get enough. And I had spent all those years never been able to read and retain and maintain anything and the first thing I wanted after hearing those was I wanted the King James Bible and I wanted it front to back and back to front and every single ounce of it. And then after that trip, I came home and I would spend sometimes four or five hours in a row just stuck in reading. And all of a sudden it was starting to stick. And I was going with the Proverbs of the day and then I was going into the Psalms and then I was you know, reading the gospels and, 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 and from his messages, I would look into things and then read more. And so my entire life of church, 40 years, I was now 41 years old. 
I had been a churchian my whole life, and I had never been saved. I had my sins still on me. I spent my life trying to sin less. My favorite messages were the to-do list, the to-do list of how to do better. Ten things you can do better to be a better husband, better father, a better person. How do you sin less in this category? And um, one of the techniques we learned was called the quick spit. So the quick spit is where you start to sin. You know, you get angry or you're gossipy or you're seeing something pretty and you're like, oh, that's pretty. And, you, oh, you catch yourself and you spit it out. And so that, that was how I saw myself being a Christian was I was constantly trying to show God, see how much I'm trying? I'm, I'm not sinning. Look at me. My hair's nice and short. I'm wearing a tie. And I'm a good person. And I don't swear that much. And I don't look at that much stuff. And I don't gossip that much. And when I do, I feel really bad. And I try to spit it out. So then I hear this message of grace where... If you could pull up uh, Romans 10, 3. So I heard this verse and then I I saw this. I I didn't know I was a Laodicean. I was a church person that thought I was rich and I didn't have a white robe and I didn't have gold. And I was lukewarm on Jesus. I was on fire for the church and I was on fire for churchy things and to be a good person. But I was lukewarm on Jesus. What did Jesus do? Oh, yeah, he died and, and, and raised. Now I got to be a Christian. So I would have been spat out, that cute little family. All those kids would have been gone at the rapture. But if that horn had blown, me and Danielle would have been left behind. And then I heard this verse. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness... And going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So could you go to Matthew 520? So I was running around trying to establish my own righteousness and not accepting Jesus's righteousness imputed onto me. And I was I kept all my sins. They were my sins, but I was keeping them pretty low and I was spitting them out. So, you know, God's got to see me and be like, he's good enough. He's getting in there. Matthew 5, 24, I say unto you, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. ye shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. So I was like, I know I'm doing good, but I don't think I'm doing as good as the Pharisees. How is my righteousness ever going to exceed the Pharisees? Well, of course, I had never read any of this stuff. I'd never heard any of this stuff preached till I heard this awesome preacher from the other side of the world. And I think it was a prophetic wink to me from God that this message was so on the other side of the world that it was as far as what I knew. I was on the other side of the world as far as you could be. And now... As, as David said, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed my iniquities from me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all mine iniquity. 
who healeth all my diseases. See, forgiven first, then healed. Who redeemeth my life from destruction because I was set to destruction by one man's offense. I didn't know it was by one man's offense. I thought everybody was looked at by how they do. And I couldn't imagine a God that I would worship that would send nice people to hell. I didn't get it. I didn't know that when Adam left, the spirit of God left, and we were all born without a spirit. I heard about this born again thing, but I didn't get it. And so without that spirit, the thoughts and our heart is truly wicked. And you all know that even if you're not sinning very much, the thoughts are way beyond what our actions are. And so I never understood that. Could you go to Acts 13, 38, and 39? So as I started my YouTube channel, I remembered very vividly how I didn't have that great of attention. And I could be around churchy stuff and around the house of Jesus all my life and never be saved. And so I thought, there's probably other people like me that just aren't getting it. They're church people, but they're just not getting it. And so as, as much as I had heard, just believe in Jesus, he died and he raised. And I heard stuff about blood and I heard stuff about sins, but I wasn't saved. And so I felt a, a, an unction from the Holy Spirit. Tell more of the story. There's people that just still don't know. And so I've been reprimanded sometimes for, quote unquote, making the gospel more difficult. I'm just trying to tell more of the story because there was something I heard that day that finally, bam, just woke me up and I became saved and I became changed that day and a completely different person. So Acts 13, 38, and this is Paul's first sermon. And, you, and, you, and you'll see, if you read all of Acts uh, 13, he goes through the whole story. You know, and he, he starts with Adam, too, by one man's offense. But be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things, which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. So not only was I forgiven, I was justified by his blood. I was sanctified. I had always been trying to get righteous enough that I could actually approach God and ask him something. But I never understood. I didn't know God the Father. I had no idea Jesus was God, was one with God. I didn't get any of that. I was as same as a, a Mormon or a Jehovah Witness that says Jesus was a created being. I thought... I thought Jesus was the son of God, just like, well, wouldn't you say Satan, since God created him, was a, a son of God? And wouldn't you say we're all kind of sons of God? So I, I never got that he was God because Amen. I had had all the simplified versions of the gospel so much that I totally missed it. 40, I'm, probably, I'm a pretty sharp dude, honestly. I mean, I didn't have good memory and retention and stuff, but I'm very, very observant. And I missed the gospel all those years going to every kind of church you can see. And so I know there are others 
that just didn't get it. So that's why when I try, I don't really say, all right, I'm going to give the gospel right now. I kind of weave it into my every single video that I can. And I'm just always talking all about Jesus and, uh, and, and his perfection. And, 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 you know, when I first started to say, Jesus is God, he's one with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit can be one and they can separate themselves. I got a lot of attack on my YouTube channel. I was like, oh my goodness, Danielle, people on, on, in the Christian community don't believe that God and Jesus are one. So how did you start your YouTube channel? One last verse, Second Corinthians 5.21, if you will. This is about how Jesus was made to be sin, who knew no sin, so that we might be the righteousness of God in him. So again, I was trying to attain to righteousness, and I finally understood. If I understand what Jesus did, he became sin. He knew no sin. He became sin. So me, who knew a little bit of righteousness, but honestly, I didn't know complete righteousness. Righteousness was instantly imputed onto me. And so a, a cute story example is these the, this nice couple, the McAniches, that gave me this, this pack of Pastor Prince stuff. They said one day at their church, the, the pastor said to the entire congregation, stand up if you are completely righteous. And only my two friends stood up in the whole congregation. And everybody was looking at them as, oh, they think they're so self-righteous. They don't know what a wicked wretch they are. And so the pastor gave him a little time and he said, why aren't the rest of you standing up? And so it just revealed in that whole church that none of them knew they were the righteousness of God in Christ. And so were any of them truly saved or were they all still counting on their own works. At the end of Luke, in Luke 24, 47, God says, now must be re preached repentance and the remission of sins. And remission is the Greek word aphesis, and it means the complete removal, the complete forgiveness of sins. And so I still had my sins on me all my life. I still never got it going to church. So the gospel is that by believing in Jesus, his blood pays the price to take your sins off of you. They're never on you again. From this point you get saved, the rest of your life, every sin is already forgiven. So your response to God is thank you that that was forgiven too. And the Holy Spirit guides you to do less and less sinning. But in Jude 1, 3, Paul, or Jude, obviously, <laughs> is admonishing people, contend earnestly for this faith. And again, that, that word for contend earnestly is the Greek word epiagonosemai, epi where we get the English word agonize. And so he's like, He's like, with, with effort as strong as agonizing to get this faith, labor to enter into my rest. 
And so not only did I become saved that day, but I I became on fire. So when I truly knew I was forgiven, all of a sudden, sins fell away from me left and right. All of a sudden, my Mm -hmm. life changed. By right believing, I started right living naturally because I knew I was completely forgiven and none of my sins would ever hurt me again. They fell off because the strength of sin is the law. And so since I had continued to hold my sin and hold to that law, they were still there always. And it was just incredible, the transformation. But then the incredible passion to reach out to others. And so in my practice, I'm speaking up, trying to help others be saved. And I'm like, I know this is a chiropractic practice, but do you know the grace of Jesus Christ? Do you know his blood washed you clean? And then as the watchman uh time came around and, and uh, the channel started. I was a, a dubious watcher and commenter. And uh, I always love to just uh, praise and thank the people for their work. And I would leave these, you know, very loving comments, uplifting, trying to be in the comments section, helping people. But I never wanted to do a YouTube myself. And uh, the Lord kept leading my steps, ordering my steps. I was, I was um, a very healthily, obsessed with Jesus's soon return after the Revelation 12 sign. And so uh, my study intensified and um, uh, I, I, I got into where uh, I, I just couldn't get enough. And so, again, the hours of study just just increased. And I, I went back with rapture eyes going back through the entire Bible. You, you start to see rapture everywhere. So it used to make me laugh that people would say, Nearly one quarter of this is prophecy. It's like, no, you, you missed the boat. 100% of this is prophecy. There's, there's prophecy even in the letters mm-hmm. and the spacing. And so um, I had a, I have a uh, far infrared sauna, which is really good for your body. Like the rays go in and cleanse your cells and everything. You're supposed to go in there for about an hour at max. And I would, I would get into a study sometimes that I just could not let go. And so four hours later, I'm roasted. I mean, I'm just blood red. Uh, I've lost 10 pounds. I end up giving myself this terrible skin rash because of, of sweating out too many minerals. And it, it took me like six months to fix. But that's how hooked I was. When, when I was into it, I, I just couldn't let go. And so I I became 100% on the legitimate uh, uh what he says is absolute, you know, take, taking it exactly what he says. So if he says a promise, a hundred percent believe it. So if he says he's going to order my steps through his word, I believe it. When he said, I will restore your soul. And my soul had been through some really hard times, even to the point of, you know, wanting to end it all. Haven't we all been there at, at times in our life? And he said, in that promise in Psalm 23, I will restore your soul. And I would look up to him and I would say, I believe you. Restore it. And I will I will walk believing you're going to restore it. And then he did. And so <laughs> I'm getting there. Thanks. My, my wife has helped, helped me get along. So when he said, nobody knows but the day or the hour, right? First of all, it it does not say no one will ever know. It clearly does not say no one will ever know. He says, you ask not, or you have not because you ask not. And if you ask, you ask of a double mind. So I said, okay, I better, when I ask, I better believe I'm going to receive. 
Father, order my steps through your word to understand your future coming. Nobody knows the day of the hour. That's okay. But the Father will send the Holy Spirit. He will teach you all things. So I have the choice. Do I believe nobody knows the day of the hour? Or do I believe, but, you know, God followed it. He said, he said that back before he was even crucified. And then he, after the resurrection, he appears to John and gives the revelation. And he says, if you don't watch, you won't know the hour. But if you do watch, you will know the hour. But he said, but the Father, nobody knows but the Father. But the Father will send the Holy Ghost to teach you all things. So is rapture all things? Yes. So I find a tremendous lack of belief of that verse. And in John 4, uh, or is that John 14, 26? And then in 1 Corinthians 2, 10, but God hath revealed them, revealed them unto us by his Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Is that the rapture, a deep thing of God? Absolutely. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he tell his servant. Am I a servant of God? I absolutely am. But I am a servant he brought up to be his son. And now as a son, I have a free pathway to the Lord because he sees me as righteous as Jesus, because I am the righteousness of God in Christ. So now there's no hesitation. There's no groveling as I go back. Mm -hmm. So when the Revelation 12 sign happened, we all knew it's on. This is the Bible verse written in the heavens. And how did they know that Jesus would come the first time? How did they know of his birth, the wise men? Because they were watching the signs in the heavens, and they knew by the prophecy of Daniel, 70 weeks are determined from the going forth of the commandments. So they were counting 483 years. They knew from the prophecy of Isaiah 9, 6, or unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, that's the Holy Spirit, the Mighty God, that's the Elohim, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So we know Jesus and Elohim are united. They would He would be sent through a virgin. A son is given. So the wise men knew we should be looking for this. And when Jesus walked and revealed himself in his ministry, he kept getting asked, hey, are you the Christ? Are you the Christ we've been expecting? Are you the one? Because they knew the time. So now here we are, and we know the time, and we have these exact same timelines. In fact, good time for a visual. Can you all see that? We can. Let's see. If I go like that and like that. Okay. So you don't need the details on this. It's it's on my videos. But this is 11 timelines, all bringing us to 2030, 2023 and 2030. So, you, see, you know, from Nebuchadnezzar, Cyrus, Artaxerxes, Daniel, Suleiman the Magnificent, the Ezekiel prophecy from the destruction of the first temple, second temple. All these timelines bring us to 2030. Now, could we be wrong on one of them? 
two of them, three of them. How about all 11? Okay, that makes it much more difficult. So here we are, and we feel like God is ordering our steps, and it's right before us, and we see something we never saw before, but the belief of nobody knows, which Satan promoted, and Satan went after the church especially to beat that down. So now we have the opposite. We have the verse that supersedes that and says, but the father will lead us to know. So now here we are. How would he lead us to know? It would be like this. He, he would show us scripture. He would show us signs in the sky. We wouldn't be absolute positive and we're not. But we do see something, and he was good enough to follow up with 10 kings and a seven-year strengthening of a covenant, being signed on the Feast of Trumpets. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, am I seeing what I'm seeing, or is this just another thing? Regardless of whether it's right or wrong, what we're looking at, it must be spoken. It's a watchman's job to alert the world at what we're seeing. Yes, it might pass. We know that. But we have to look at this. So that's my uh, story, my true sense. That's why my channel is how it is. I, I, I was acutely aware. I, I, I had a phobia about being boring and losing people. So I do a lot of <laughs> bringing the stuff around. And I'm like, hey, don't forget this. And then, you know, we got cats and outfits and such. Well, and not- so... I, I knew that I had to, oh, hello, <laughs> what we got here, I have a little visitor, <laughs> this is my baby hey. Astrid, can you say hello? Hello. Hello. Is it about time for your bedtime? No. What? <laughs> oh, it's not. I, I think it is about bedtime for her bedtime, so she's telling Dr. Barry night-night. I love you, baby. I'm not going to bed. <laughs> I'm not going to bed. <laughs> Good luck, Dee. <laughs> Good luck on tucking her in. <laughs> She's like, stuff's going on. So, okay, I didn't mean to speak that much. Uh, I hope it didn't take up all the time. No, no he didn't. No. You know, I love how we talked about the, uh, we're, you know, we're talking about uh, no man knows a day or hour, Okay. But if you go to Matthew, chap- I'm not Matthew, Mark uh, chapter 13, you start reading from verse 24, Jesus talks about the tribulation and his second return to the earth. Okay, and everything that has to take place. Okay, so keep that in mind. It's the end of the tribulation. Then after he talks about his second return, the angels going forth harvesting, he says this, Verily, unsay- Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Okay. He's talking about the end of the tribulation. He's not talking about the rapture. No one knows about the rapture. No one's, no one's heard of the body of Christ and Gentiles being saved. No one's heard about that yet. Okay, he was talking to the Jews, the disciples. People take this out of context. And it says uh, in Mark 13, uh, 31, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. Okay. Here he says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. So he talked about heaven and earth passing away. When does heaven and the earth pass away? At the end of the tribulation, after the tribulation is over. I mean, at the end of the millennial reign, after the millennial, yeah. millennial reign is over. So now he's talking about years. time frame. 
after the millennial reign, where the, where the 7,000 years are done. So now you're in a time frame that things are, you don't know what's going to happen. This is where Jesus talked about of that day, no man knows the day or hour. And then he says in the very next verse, but of that day, no man knoweth, no man knoweth, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the son, but the father. But you said, no. Okay. That's, that's present tense. No one knows right now. But if you go to Colossians 125 to 27, what does it say? Wherefore I am, this apostle Paul says, wherefore I'm a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Now he's talking about the age of grace. Things are different now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even the mystery which hath been hid from the ages, from the ages and from generations, but now, but now is made manifest to his saints to whom God would make known. There it is. What is the riches of his glory? The mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So now he's saying you did not know back then, but now it's known now. Hmm. Okay. So now, if, you know, you get, get what I'm saying. So people, anybody that says no man knows the day or hour. I love the video you did, Dr. Barry, because there is a, a mob of watchmen out there, these people. That all they do is just parrot. No man knows dare hour. No man knows dare hour. No man knows dare hour. And they Nobody parrot knows. it. Nobody That's knows. all they know. And they just think, oh, I'm mature. I'm a mature Christian. I said that because we shouldn't know. We shouldn't be that. We, we should be energetic, doctor, like Dr. Barry doing his graphs, doing his charts. We shouldn't be energetic. We shouldn't be watching that closely. When Jesus scorned those Pharisees because they didn't know the time of their visitation. Exactly. Okay? They got now, they got a big spanking right there, and and so how are we supposed to feel if we're watching? We we should have some. I, I've had people ask, "Is it a sin to look?" Oh my god! I know. I, well, crazy. And isn't it also possible that it's also referring to a literal day and literal hour? I've heard that too. What do you mean? Well, as opposed to a day is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day, a specific span of time. Or arrange a day, mm-hmm. uh, an hour, figuratively speaking. Well, I I always covered it by you know it's twenty four hours at once and two days at once on Earth almost always. So yeah, it, you know. So I'm like that part, you know, because God always he, he always has multiple layers on what he says. So you could say yes, we get that, but he says like in the days of Noah, nobody knew, but Noah knew, and his eight knew. And like in the days of Lot, but nobody knew, but yet there were some that knew. There will always be some that knew because God says some that know, because God says, my word says they have to. He he has to have told somebody upon the earth. And it may not be us, but what we see is really great and it causes us to look more more closely. And it's it's yeah. it's a it's a responsible thing to do. And it and it is it is um you know, our duty, again, as watchmen, we're supposed to warn about the coming sword. You know, so the watchman community is like, rapture's almost here, rapture's almost yeah. here. But for them, they're hearing the Christians are almost being took out, and we know what comes after. So we're doing our best to warn. But, you, you know, you, we can't really get to the Jews and, and, and get an ear. They're going to get this afterwards, you know. But we, we do see an incredible sword coming, and uh, yeah. none of us can imagine it 
at squeaking out a whole nother year. Yeah. No, that's, you know, that's the, hard. Like you said, the generation, all of it has to be done before Israel is too old to be called that 80 year generation. So makes you wonder. Yeah, I, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, it makes you wonder if the, the Pharisees were also saying, no one knows the day, the hour when Jesus was there. You <laughs> know, cause I said 2610, well, hey. you know, God declares the infant in the beginning and it kind of reminds you. And I'm not sure if you guys ever seen this, but someone had created this amazing graph. It was like a, oh, it was like a rainbow, if you will. And it was arcing connecting points that they actually ran through a computer and it actually used algorithms to tie different prophetic events and scriptures. Yeah, yeah. And you could see it. I love that. I've shown that a few times. Hyperlink. Yep, yep. The the hyperlink document. Yep. And it's so interesting because it's like, isn't it kind of what we see today? With the Pharisees, right? The movement that's going on at the same time when, you know, Jesus came the first time, right? And no one wanted to, the Pharisees didn't want to acknowledge his coming and who he was and didn't want to pay attention to the times and the seasons. It's like we're seeing an absolute repeat of the same event. And and what, what did Herod do when he was asked? And how quick was it? Hey, you know, the wise men come, hey, where's the the Messiah born king of the Jews? He goes to the, his guys. He says, what? And they're like, oh, yeah, Bethlehem about two years ago. That's that's how easy they knew. And um, when 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 Jesus said, you, you, you hypocrites, he said, yeah. you could tell the weather. You know how easy it is to tell the weather? Right. So he was comparing telling the weather with knowing the time. Yeah. And that when I when that when, when God gave me that the other day, it, it totally changed it. You know, I'm like, we know this has been really hard. <laughs> but yeah. Jesus actually said to them, you can tell the weather, which is very easy. That's like a level one on hardness. But you can't tell the, the coming because you're an expert in the word. And the word says it'll be 483 years from this. There'll be signs in the sun, moon and stars. It'll be in this town. You, you guys are supposed to know this. So he was really... I, I, I love that. And again, <laughs> here we here we are with, with all that information and still the watchman community is getting beat up. Oh dude, nobody it occurred to me imminence, you know, that's the safe word. We can say imminence, right? Imminence and nobody knows the day <laughs> or the hour are kind of the same thing. It's kinda of like when you when you say imminence, you're kind of saying, yeah. It could be imminent, and I'm not against anybody that says it. But but do you realize that's what we're saying if we if we say that? So I I honestly do not believe in eminence at all because, I, and I think if I could talk to anybody, I could convince anybody out of eminence because do you believe Jesus will end it all in six thousand years? Do you believe when he said he's going to heal them after two days that it's going to be exactly two thousand years and then he's going to heal them? Yeah. You know, do you believe that everything he did was? Yes. To fulfill. Again, every single thing he did, including the conception, was at Hanukkah. Yeah. You know? And and so he, he came to fulfill, and he fulfilled everything, including when the Holy Spirit was restored to him. It had to be on a feast, but it was the hidden feast of new wine, and we can identify the month of Av from his next story where he says, 
he goes into the wilderness to be tested. And we know that was from Elul 1 to Yom Kippur, the 40 days. So we know he must have been baptized in the Jordan in the month of Av in order for yeah. him to be then able to make the trek up to the wilderness. That wilderness was, was quite a ways. And so, you know, so, okay, we know it's the month of Av. And God says the fifth month is the month of the spirit. Oh, that's interesting. The spirit came in the month of the spirit. Month of Av, and now we know about this Feast of Wine. Oh, my goodness. That spirit was restored on the appointed time of the Feast of Wine. And then by restoring that spirit, he could spill his blood that was now spirit blood. And he earned the right to be the high priest to give that Holy Spirit back to the church on that exact same day of the Feast of Wine. Incredible. So his ministry started and ended on the on the Feast of New Wine. Yeah. And with mm-hmm. God's ways, you know how they, they they came out of Egypt the same day they went in. And if you do a little study and watch some of our videos, you know that uh, when Caleb and Joshua came out with a good report with the grapes, it was the Feast of New Wine, the 8th and 9th of Av. Caleb, 45 years later, that exact self-same day would get his promised land. Caleb the Gentile would get his promised land on the 8th and 9th of Av, self-same day. And, Brother Barry. Yes. You cannot put new wine (laughs) into old wineskins. That's what we are. We're wineskins. Can't put new wine in old wineskins. So when this new wine feast comes along... It's time to go, brother. And as as mm. our brother Tyler from Generation <laughs> 2434, you know, that, that's the whole verse of this generation shall not pass. Yeah, That's the name of his channel. But he said, what time, what's the only time of year that everybody needs to get new wineskins? When the new wine is effervescent. See, new, new wine is right at the first pressing. Okay? And it, it ferments. It takes about three weeks to, to get drinkable. Right. So then then after it ferments and, and off gases, then, then you're fine the rest of the year. So there's really only one time of year you need new wine. Everybody. Yeah. Okay, guys, if your wine skin is very old, you better get a new one. Or otherwise, I'm going to give you this new wine. It's going to burst. And it was, a, it was a sheep skin, you know, sometimes a whole sheep. Can you imagine bursting and losing all that wine? But at the Feast of New Wine, in the month of Av is when you should get a new wineskin. And that is what we believe we're going to get ours. Hallelujah. First. Dr. Barry, you talked about, talk about a little bit of, I guess we're getting into the your the month of Av now, and ninth of Av now. So can you explain to everybody uh, your findings of how the Israelites will lay down in the graves and come back up, a group of them, yeah. you go into that? And it happens at the ninth of Av and all that stuff. I love it. Again, I made I made a little chart. If if you want to see a slow teaching of this part, it was in my part four, but I I uh, isolated and took that part out for my part four point four four. So four point four four, I go step by step, and I said when the church got the Holy Spirit on the ninth of Av. Israel got the raven on the ninth of Av. And when Grace opened the door for the dove, the dove was pulled in, but the raven went to and fro. So 
what we found out, if you go through the story of Exodus, and, and uh, the reason everybody misses it is because it's sandwiched in the midst of about 10 chapters of law. And we all, as Christians, know reading the law is not that good for us. I mean, the whole word's profitable, but we're not going to dwell there. And, and so the story's hidden. But the long story short is uh, Jesus said, everything Moses does, I'm going to does. And so he had them to the day, take the lamb on the 10th day, slaughter on the 14th, leave on the 15th, go through the Red Sea on the 17th, present the first fruits of the harvest on the other side to God, walk seven Sabbaths, get to the Shavuot. That's in Exodus 19 and 20. Then in Exodus 24, Moses performs a ceremony of the Feast of Shavuot in Exodus 24. He has burnt offerings, peace offerings. They set up 12 pillars for all the tribes. Everybody brings offerings. He sprinkles blood on everybody. Clearly, so this is Shavuot, and this is clearly the Feast of Shavuot being performed. And he, thank you, she gave me a note. Then it says, he was called back up for six days. And on the seventh day, Moses was called higher. So you got two days, seven days, and Moses was in the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. That brings us right to the ninth of Av, or the eighth and ninth of Av. Okay, so what you do is from Shavuot on the 24th chapter of Exodus, now you're going to, Go all the way over to Exodus 32. And again, you're using the day counts, but you're using what you know now from the temple documents of the other feasts, the Dead Sea Scrolls that explain there's a feast of corn and wine and oil. They're all 50 days apart. So if you count complete Sabbaths, that brings us to the 8th of Av. Mo, or Aaron says tomorrow in Exodus 32, Tomorrow is a feast unto the Lord, unto Yahweh. That's 50 days after Shavuot. What is it? What is this mysterious feast? This is the feast of wine that nobody talked about because it wasn't mentioned what it was. It just said they're singing and dancing. So they offer burnt offerings and peace offerings and eat and drink. This is when Moses brings down the marriage covenant, the Ten Commandments. And they were supposed to drink the new wine and get married. They had the golden calf. And Moses smashes the marriage covenant. Marriage is off. No wine. Spill the wine. Now you're going to drink the wine cup of wrath. They burnt the calf and they drank it. And that's from Numbers 5. That's the lie detector test. If somebody was suspected of adultery, you took burnt ash from the temple and they drank it and their belly would swell up. And that's who got killed. And there's 3000 killed hmm. on that day. The Lord pronounced a curse, which was the eighth and ninth of Av. So it was the feast of wine that was never fulfilled, became the wine cup of wrath for the Jews. And in the book of Leviticus that was yet to be written, God withholds this feast of wine from their feasts because they, Blew it. The wedding was off. There was no feast of wine ever fulfilled until later with Jesus. Mm. So he pronounced the curse. In a moment, I will rise up and I will smote you this day. And that became the ninth of Av. Well, the very next year is 
They go in and, and, and uh, spy the land. They come out. Joshua and Caleb give a good report. And God tells Moses, tell Caleb he's going to get the land. The rest of them give an evil report that evening, which is the ninth of Av. And God says, he pronounces the curse. Every single one of you is going to die in the wilderness. Just like you said, oh, what to God we would have died in Egypt where there was a lot to eat. Why did you bring us out here to kill us? So he always used their own words against them. So that became the ninth of Av curse. And again, we have to go to the temple documents to know exactly what was said. But on every ninth of Av from that day on, they had to dig their own graves. And all the men of war, uh, which would be age 20 to 60. So if you're older than 60, you you got to pass. You got to just die on your own. If you're if you were younger, as you were growing up, you didn't have to participate in this. Okay, you were the children of the men of war. So of 600,000 Jews, uh, they all had to dig graves and lay in their graves on the ninth of Av every morning. The next morning, the 10th, they would wake up and 15,000 of them would be dead. Wow. So God, that's how specific God is. From 20 to 60 is 40 years. You're going to walk for 40 years in the wilderness. You're going to sleep in your graves exactly all these days. And 15,000 are going to die because 15,000 is one of his judgment numbers, or 15 is. So all these years we've known about, oh, yeah, 15,000 die every ninth of Ab. And, and my wife and I, we were chatting about it, and it came to us. <gasps> there was a bunch of people that didn't die that day. Everybody else didn't die. So here's a prophecy of all these multitudes coming out of their graves every tenth of Av that didn't die. And mm. only 15,000 died. So you see very quickly it becomes this great and terrible day at the same time. Mm. And all of the prophecies fit specifically with what the church has been prophesied. You know, the Holy Spirit is the dove and the dove will leap. The, the church is the pillars and the pillars were pushed out by Samson. Yeah. And the Gentile gave a good report. The Gentile got his land. It's so great for God to give us that detail. He has, he has Caleb speak up. So again, out of all of Israel, Joshua awards Caleb his land first, the Gentile, before any of the tribes of Israel get their land. Mm -hmm. And so Caleb says, I am now this day 85 years old. And this self-same day when I gave a good report, okay, so with Caleb, there's some numbers and you can do some figuring. So the, the evil report was in the second year of their travels. They spied the land for 40 days. God said, I'm going to have you walk a year for every day. But they had already served two. So Caleb was 40 when he came out and gave that report. He would, he would walk in the wilderness with them for 38 more years. Now, to get to age 85, you know, after they crossed the Jordan and circled Jericho, that's seven more years of tribulation before they enter the promised land. And so you all of a sudden see this story of Joshua is like a reverse of the tribulation. So start with the first thing that happened is the Gentile gets his land, then go backwards seven years of tribulation and killing the giants. Then at the end, which is the beginning, circle Jericho for seven and Jericho falls. 
<laughs> then they see the captain of the guard, which is Jesus pre-incarnate with the sword. Then they hold Passover together. Then they get circumcised. Then they cross the Jordan. So it's like revelation in reverse. It's like a yeah. mirror image. But oh, all of it specifically tied to the eighth and ninth of Av. Like, like never before did we did we ever see this. When we saw Passover, yeah, it's a good rapture scenario. But it's also a good gathering the Jews at the end scenario. Resurrection Day, yes, yeah, it's, it's the greatest rapture scenario because the dead in Christ rise first and we cross the Jordan. But there's three gatherings. There is the pre-tribulation rapture. This is controversial for some, but I, this is how I see it. Every time there's a rapture, there's an earthquake. So when the two witnesses die... They lie dead in the street. Then God says, come up here. They, they come alive first, and then he says, come up here. He doesn't say just their name. So I say, when he calls them up, the rest of everybody that died so far, that's that died in, in faith, they're going to come up too. And it says right afterwards, there was a great earthquake, and 7,000 people die. Mm -hmm. So I say, in the middle of tribulation, the tribulation saints are going to get their bodies when the two witnesses come up. And then the final is the gathering when Jesus comes back and they are gathered on earth. So every time we've seen a rapture scenario, we knew this could be the church. This could be tribulation saints or this could be the Jews until now. Now, all of a sudden, wait a second. I can't make tribulation saints and the Jews fit with the Holy Spirit. That's that's a that's a that's us. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus got the Holy Spirit in the month of Av. At the Feast of Wine, gave it on the Feast of Wine. Is he going to take the church out on the Feast of Wine? If God says, I'm going to give the fullness of the Gentiles, do you think he would give us exactly 1,993 years or 1,993 years and one month and 13 days or or six months and, and five days? I, you know, I'm studying him. He, he loves to do things right on the year. Right on the day it started, that's the day it ends. Yeah. So. You're saying that, the, so basically the 10th of all is you basically what you said. Is a, it was a great day and a bad day at the same time because a lot of yeah. them died, but a lot of them rose. You know, the, the if, if the rapture resurrection happens on the 10th of all, it will be a great day and a bad day at the same time. Right. And that's There's exactly and by the way, quick mention here real fast here, guys. Uh, I've been talking a lot about the 11 11s and 111s and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. it happened to me again. Right when uh, Dr. Barry was talking about the 9th of all, 10th of all, Rapture, uh -oh. I looked up at the little red live clock. It went <laughs> one hour, 11 minutes, 11 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, I, looked, I just looked up at right right at that one point and went, and went 111 all the way across. To the God is killing me with that. Just annihilating me with that right now. Man. <laughs> I, my, my number that I've seen for the last many years is, is one, one, eight. And uh, I see it so much that I know it's a wink from God. And so I think it's him telling me he loves me. So whenever I see one, 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 eight, I say, Oh, I love you too. You and it, it, like you said, it's, it's everywhere. It's not just clock. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just written on signs and, and, it, 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 time periods and, and everything. Mm -hmm. Verses, of course. 
So yeah, it's yeah. we we are looking for a great and terrible day. Mm. And um, when you understand the rapture is going to bring chaos, but doesn't start the tribulation. Tribulation starts with strengthening an existing covenant. Well, we just happen to have one coming up. I just wish it was at the pizza trumpets or day of atonement. Oh, it is. Oh, wow. That's kind of neat. Uh, maybe yeah, I should just pretend like I don't see it. Oh, I wish there was 10 Kings getting together named bricks because of the Masons. Oh, there is. <laughs> I mean, how much do we, are we supposed to ignore? How much are we yeah. supposed to talk up to coincidence? Well, here's a coincidence for you right now. Uh, two things. One on the 25th, July 25th, uh, the CBDC Fed now will culminate. Okay, so that could be the financial system of the mark of the beast. It culminates. It's been it's been building, but it culminates on July twenty fifth, wow. and on July twenty sixth, the ninth of all, uh, business insiders said that they may recall the dollar on hmm. July twenty sixth. I mean, you I know what they're just chances? about to, right? What are the chances? I, the I chances? just I just think I think everything's perched, and they got their fingers over the buttons. Waiting for the restrainer to be gone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the first thing they're going to push is Project Amen. Blue Beam. Mm-hmm. Can oh, I yeah. share? I'm going to share. Project Blue there. Beam is going to be immediate. That's the first button. They probably have a fail safe. <laughs> like if there's a great earthquake or an EMP, yeah. Project Blue Beam will just come out because you know that's the, that's their chief concern. We got to cover this yeah. story. We've been we've been prepping for seventy years. Yeah. We are ready. Oh yeah, Project so, Bluebeam, it's coming. You can bet yeah, your bottom what, dollar on that one. Whatever whatever we've seen in the sky, you know, they're starting to show a lot of stuff. That's Nancy Pansy stuff. They have stuff. I heard this guy in the military, he said when he was first exposed to it, he was in this deep uh, um facility underground, and he was in this big auditorium, and there was a stealth bomber only twenty feet above his head hovering, and he could not tell it was not real from walking all around and underneath it. Mm. So if he if he can't be fooled at 20 feet, imagine what they could show. And that was, yeah, that was yeah. decades ago. That was decades ago. Think about ago. the distances. And then you have uh, potentially like ARVs or what they would call like alien reproduction vehicles or fallen angel tech type stuff, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that – I mean, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be kind of augmented. I think you're gonna have some projection stuff. Maybe like some giant motherships will probably be projected because you can't yeah, physically hopefully. reach it and touch it. And but like little, maybe little fighters or something. I think they're gonna augment that with real, you know, maybe directed drone. energy weapons or yeah, drones. Oh yeah, they're gonna be able to put on quite the performance. And I think all these yeah. shows. I made a, a video about that. I'm not sure if you happen to see that or not about a. Project Blue Beam. Actually, I've done quite a few things covering the the alien deception, and I think that's the it's the perfect card. You know, Von Braun was talking about it being the very final card was the the great deception that was going to fool the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, of course, here's the thing: the the prophecy of the dove and the raven is is God's biggest greatest prophecy, and He gives us an exact count in the story of Noah. He's, he, he takes us right to the first day of the fourth month. Of course, months are switched in the story of Noah. And then he says yep. 40 days. So that brings you to the evening of the ninth and the 10th of Av. And he says, Noah opens the door, releases a dove and a raven. Okay. 
That's about 200 verses into the Bible. If you go to the back of the Bible, start at Revelation at the end, and go 200 verses from the back, it brings you to the child caught up and Satan and his angels cast down. So when we get caught up, when they get cast down, that's when the, they are, they do look like aliens. Fallen angels look like what we were taught are aliens. They're going to show themselves. So mm. besides Project Bluebeam, they're going to have some real, they're going to show these guys. They're going to show fallen angels, Nephilim, that are, you know, have risen again. They build back better. And they're, mm-hmm. they are, they're mixing with us, you know? Mm-hmm. It, so it's, it, when, when that day happens, earthquakes, hailstones, coals of fire, probably EMPs. Again, if somebody's going to have all this chaos, they might say, well, let's launch a nuke because I think we're being attacked, right? So all that could happen, but that's not the start of the tribulation. start yeah. of the tribulation is the guy rises up and says, don't worry, I can fix this. I have made peace with the aliens. And he'll have an alien on each side. We trust this man, this human. <laughs> this is the good guy. Yeah, yeah? Because, because you know, everybody's trying to guess King Charles. Look, I know he's got the bloodline and everything, but unless he drinks blood and becomes young again, he's got to be young and good looking, remember? Yeah. He's going to be gorgeous. He's gonna, he's gonna, everybody's going to love him. We're all going to be young and good looking when we're in new bodies. Uh, That's right. Right now, so I got to get Woo. home. But, uh, Supernatural God forever. God bless you all. You I know. can't wait. Uh, first thing I'm going to do, because I've had some knee problems in my life, first thing I'm going to do is jump as high as possible, like a mile or two, and come down and do that gigantic superhero landing where I just, <laughs> wow, and my knees aren't even going to hurt. That's I just right. I, that's that's a, I know that's my first move. <laughs> Can't wait. Amen. Guys, you got to go. God bless you. All right. You Brother Thank John. You. God bless you. Brother John. Hey, Mr. Bones says, I love you, John. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> 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 He's like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, oh, man, this is a power, power packed hour. Uh, we have, wow, we're almost on an hour and a half already. Um, I know that's crazy. Yeah, but uh, this is this is a extreme um, parallel symbolism in scripture that is being brought out. Specifically, your research is amazing. We're and for those who are just tuning in, next week uh, is is an important uh, watch date. That's one of the reasons why we're we're discussing what we're discussing tonight. Specifically, the twenty sixth and twenty seventh. Correct. Yes, they mm-hmm. because. If you look at the feast schedule, okay, um, if, if you count seven complete Sabbaths from the Shabbat, which we now understand was the 15th day of the third month at the full moon, making all three of God's mandatory feasts at the full moon. And the word for full moon is kaseh, and that's the same word for throne. And that is a perfect example of how God works exactly in a certain way. So seven complete Sabbaths from the end of unleavened bread, because you can't count complete Sabbaths by starting in the midst of the week of unleavened bread. But from the end, seven complete Sabbaths going by the moon 
you'll always come to a certain phase of the moon. A Sabbath will be a half moon, or it'll be either be a sliver, or a half, or a full. Every time. It, that, so God says, I, I chose the sun and moon and stars for times. So how perfect you would always know if it was a half moon or a full moon. In fact, the last year that they slept in their graves, they woke up and nobody died. And they were scared that they had measured the moon incorrectly. So they stayed in the graves for five more days until the moon was full, at which point, excuse me, they knew that was the 15th. So the 15th of every Hebrew month will be a full moon every single time. So Passover is the night of the 14th, a full moon. And Tabernacles is full moon. Shavuot is also a full moon. And then, so if you count seven complete Sabbaths using the moon, not just 50 days. That's, that's, that's the part people just can't get their head around. But God said, count the moon. <laughs> so when the new sliver starts, half moon, full moon, the other half, last sliver, there's these days you just don't count. They're called the new moon festival. And so you, you kind of just skip those. And that's how you seem like you have more days. But it brings us to seven complete Sabbaths would bring you to the seventh of Av. And the prophecy is the morrow after the seventh complete Sabbath, just like with Shavuot. So the seventh, then the, the day of the Feast of New Wine would be the eighth. They came out of the wilderness of spying on the eighth. Joshua and Caleb gave a good report on the 8th. It says later, that evening, the other 10 gave the evil. Well, for the Hebrews, the next day starts when the evening comes, when, mm -hmm. when the sun sets. So that would have been the ninth. So Joshua and Caleb gives the good report on the 8th. And then the ninth of Av, they give the evil report. Mm -hmm. And so they were cursed on the ninth and woke up dead on the 10th. Or woke up alive. <laughs> and honestly, they did wake up dead. Because wherever they went, you know, that's that's not lights out. Mm -hmm. They woke up and they're like, oh boy, we're in the wrong place or the right place. I don't know. I don't know how it worked mm -hmm. back then. I don't I don't know who went who went where, but of course, you know, we know they they, they were under the earth and Sheol or um uh, Abraham's bosom, right? There was a great chasm. Yeah. So again, I don't know uh, who went where, but then Jesus went down after his crucifixion you did. You did to preach him. to them and mm -hmm. bring them out. Yeah, and by them. preaching, it's it's really proclaiming victory when he says they preach to the angels. Yeah. He's proclaiming victory. He's not saying, "Okay, well, you can be saved now." You know, if you yeah, you yeah, know, that's not that's not what that verse is referring to, but. Um, so we should all be looking at all of this and 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 just identifying the times we're living in, specifically 9th of Av, right? Next week. Um, hopeful, watching, but not not into a point where we're going to say it's definitely going to happen. How do you look at that? Uh, how do you look at that, Dr. Barry? It's, it's so tough. You know, we've um, God's given us a lot of practice of looking and thinking, man, this is it. One of the biggest ones... <laughs> Me and me and brother Bob know this very well. Uh, we we totally got this Shemitah 
thing that mm-hmm. uh, I think Pastor Mark Biltz was the maybe the first. And we're like, okay, now we get it. Now we get it. Yes, yep. it must be a Shemitah. So last Feast of Trumpets, we're like, this is it. And then when that passed, me and Brother Bob were like, hey, wait a second. It should be Nissan because yeah. we're Christians. And so we were like, now this is it. So we've had a lot of practice of this being it's it. Your case. The disclaimer is there. No one is yeah. saying that next week we're out of here. Okay. Just yeah. Laying but that out there. That after next week, then we're looking at the Feast of Trumpets. Then you know, the trumpets. trumpets, they have the, uh, the, uh, the UN has their Sustainable Development Goals Summit on the Feast of Trumpets, September 18th and 19th. So there are, well, and it was funny that, that's, that if you read what it says right here, it says here, it, it will, let's see here, in 2020, uh, 2023, the Sustainable Development Summit will take place on the 18th, 19th of September in New York. It will mark, Get this. It will mark the beginning of a new phase of accelerated progress towards the sustainable development goals with high level political guidance on a transformative accelerated actions leading up to 2030. Now, what I just said right there that marks a new beginning of an accelerated phase to 2030. Wouldn't it make sense in order for that accelerated phase to be effective, the hand of restraint have to be removed? It would have to yeah. be removed for it to be effective because it hasn't been effective the last, you know, three to four years for them minus COVID. Yeah. It's still not effective. They're they're mad because it's not moving as fast as they want. It keeps falling apart. Something's wrong. The hand of restraint's still here, but here they set it on the feast of trumpets. This will mark a new phase. It will finally work for us. What do they know that we don't know, or what do we already know? That's what. That's what I say. For them, you know, I think all of us that have ever looked at end times agree the tribulation period should be Feast of Trumpets to the following Feast of Trumpets or Day of Atonement. You know, that, that, that I've never heard anybody argue that, 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 well, well, I think the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> because Jesus's return, you know, he, he earmarks uh, Day of Atonement with his, his garment. And the rest of us in white, he's dipped in blood. That's the high priest. There's incense that has been uh, 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 put out, which is the cloud, you know, the covering. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it needs to be Feast of Trumpets. And then for it's not they're not renewing it for six years. We're, we're not going to strengthen this for six more years or eight more years. No, exactly seven. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I always go back to that verse. God said. You know, surely I will do nothing unless I tell my servant. So could it be this easy? Could it be as easy as knowing if it's going to rain tomorrow? Yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm I'm really I'm really going to have to um, do some do some head scratching uh, if this were to pass, and then the feast of trumpets were to pass. I I I feel almost I feel like everything we've been doing has been building. You know, every mm-hmm. other. Previous yeah, raptor so. watch of history. Once it passed, it was over, and and ours has been seven years of gathering good mm-hmm. manna from heaven, and it is it has never run into a wall. So this this would this would be. Uh, but the other thing is, every time something has passed that looks so amazing, God has always been so good 
to to say, oh, but look here, you forgot mm-hmm. to look at this. So yeah, I get excited because um, I've never seen anything like this uh, that was so specific for the church. But I got to temper myself with this understanding. We've been here before. <laughs> we've looked. Yeah. We've looked really yeah. good before. But I don't think any of us doubt the word of the Lord says he is coming. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that uh, you talked about in that video where, um, you know, those who say there's a mob of people out there, that it's okay to say nobody knows a day or hour. Okay, it's okay to say that. But as soon as you start getting into specifics, people start policing you and coming mm-hmm. down on you, giving you a hard time. You know, and, you know, you made a, you made a comparison about the, uh, the 12 spies that went to the, the promised land. The majority of them were kind of like what we're seeing right now in the Washington community. They're all like, no one knows they are, no, no, nobody knows they are. And the majority of them are like that. Same thing. But they only had two, just a tiny percent that said, no, this looks good right here. Yeah. yeah. I'll scratch my head if it goes by. I'm confident this looks good. All right. Yeah. This and is a that, and, you, know, you don't have any people like that, you know, and I, you know, if you say the ninth of all, I have faith. That looks really good. I'm going to scratch my head too. And nothing yeah. happens. Hey, back to the drawing board. I'm a mature Christian. I can handle that. But here's the thing. We are at the end of the thing. We, this is not 1845 or 1752 or not even the year 2000. This is 2023. We have the concept mm-hmm. of the projection of Christ's return 2030. It makes absolute perfect sense. So I think we can finally shed the barriers of no man knows a day or hour because we are at that point now. We are so close. That's a, hey, you know, mm. stop saying that because yeah. Jesus told those Pharisees for not knowing the time. <laughs> so, so let's put our guards down now and get excited about our bridegroom's return. Okay. I think maybe partly some people just want to say that too because they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to look wrong. It's a pride thing, you know. They're just they they don't want to take those humility shots when the day passes by. But I mean, hey, I'm excited. Someone had sent me um the thing about the UN summit, and when I looked it up myself, man, I was like, this is crazy. The date that it lands on, and uh, when I seen that, and I was like. Uh, I'm pretty excited again. You know, it takes me a little bit of information to get going and excited, but I think I'm on the exciting train. I know I'm, I'm pretty excited because I've been out in the sun all day today, but uh, I'm excited about this. Who who couldn't be excited about any of this? I mean, really, I mean, we are on the precipice of something huge, and we could just tell by the signs of yeah. uh, what's going on around us. I mean, come on, folks. I mean, we are yeah, worldwide. There. We know it. I mean, look what's happening. We've never been to a point in history like we are today. We just haven't. And now we just haven't. And it just keeps escalating and progressing even faster. I mean, this train is not stopping anytime soon. It's just going mm-hmm. just going faster and faster. For the for the first time we can see they can do every single thing that needs to be done in Revelation. Yep. They they yep. can yeah. do the one world yep. currency like yep. that. They like can that. do the one world government like that. They got the covenant in place. Yeah. The Antichrist is not going to come and make up his own deal. Yep. He, he, has, he has said it. So interesting, yeah, it's, isn't it's, it? It's a, we're we're in uncharted territory. 
And yeah. if, if, if God, excuse me, if God has orchestrated them getting together and make 10 kings called bricks, and God himself has orchestrated, they are strengthening a covenant covering all the book of Revelation for seven and, and have a end, gate, uh, end date where uh, did y'all see Prince or King Charles start the clock, right? The clock's ticking. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a countdown, <laughs> final yes. countdown, right? Yeah. If God can orchestrate <laughs> that, couldn't he also orchestrate in our Watchmen community that we would see a certain day of approaching? And, and, you know, we've always known about Ninth of Ahab. We just didn't know there was a good side. Nobody, we just, we never, we never knew there was a good side. And now we see, well, we know this will be a great and terrible day. You know, this is a great day for a lot, but a terrible day for some. Mm-hmm. And now we see it's a great and terrible day. Wow. So, uh, at Passover, the sign in the sun, moon, and stars was the most epic because Jupiter is the man-child, and Jupiter came out of the womb of Virgo and was supposed to be caught up <laughs> that day. So Revelation 12, we were supposed to go to heaven. That's what it, the book said. But that man-child, Jupiter, made the seven-year journey or six-and-a-half-year journey to the foot of the Lamb and or the rapture fish. So at Passover or Resurrection Day, it was like right at the midst of rapture fish, which leads to my chains are gone. I've been set free, which leads to Cassiopeia, which is the bride sitting next to Jesus. So we're like, okay, Jupiter's in the right place. And Passover passed, but Jupiter's still there. It has moved over to the foot of the lamb and the lamb's the door, right? At the ninth of Av, the sun will be in the constellation of Cancer. And, and Cancer really is, uh, the crab was was picked because it would lo- grab something and you couldn't get it out. Like, like nobody will snatch them out of my hand kind of thing. But it, it started out as a sheepfold. And so if you read the names of the stars, it's like the sheepfold, the protected, the gathered of Christ, the the congregation of the Lord, you know, those kind of names. So it's perfect for the sun to be there and we're at the foot of the lamb. And that, that happens exactly at the ninth of Av. And then I, I believe the moon is in the Libra, the scales. So as far as sun, moon, and stars, you know, the picture still shows perfectly. Mm-hmm. So I, I think mm-hmm. I think it would be wise for everybody to be aware, watching, and ready. If you ever had notes you wanted to put out for people, go ahead and put them out. Put your Bibles on certain places. If you got supplies for people, you know, notes of here's my house, here's my code, here's my secret stash of food. <laughs> the cash. You know, <laughs> I, I used to do this. I used to do this back in the day, you know, for, for Revelation um, 12 sign. September 23rd, 2017, where it was the Feast of Trumpets, which was my mom's birthday. We were all on a live call, you know, one of those FaceTime calls, you know, it was my whole family. And we were literally talking and watching. And I had picked the time of Israel. I can't remember some kind of sacrifice time or whatever. But anyways, 
at that time I had a, a toolbox filled with uh, um, walkie talkies and uh, batteries, cash, uh, notes that said stuff. And it was wrapped in aluminum and then and sealed in, in uh, plastic bags and then aluminum. Cause that's a Faraday cage, right? Yeah, Faraday cage, yeah. So, I, had this, I was like, I, I wrote on the mirror, yeah. yes, we got raptured. A, I, wrote it, rapture. I wrote it in uh, red You're lipstick on the mirror. Box. So yeah, I, I left the... that up after we didn't get raptured. And people would come over and they, they would look at that mirror and they're like, this guy's weird. Maybe we should leave. <laughs> practicing, man. Just practicing. No, anyway, yeah. I would say this week it's good to do that again. Hey, if we're still here. We're all here for you. Watchmen are here for you. That's what we're here for. Yeah. If if we're still here, that's a that's a wonderful phrase, right? Uh, if we're still brother here. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, did, uh, you know you're a watchman when. Yeah. Yeah. If we're still here. <laughs> it's so true that every time me and my wife talk about something, we're like, we're still here for that. Yeah. We're at that point now. You know, yeah. we are so close. You can't make two, three years projections no more. You know, it's like going on a treasure hunt. You know, you get a treasure yeah. map. Like, oh, boy, it's a treasure map. And you, you open up the map. It's like, okay, there's a treasure. Okay, I'm not going to start digging my backyard for it. Hold on a second. You don't know. You don't know what country it's in. You don't know what state it's in. You don't know what town it's in, what plot of land it's on or anything. So let's go. Let's start with the country. And it's just like right now what we're doing. We're looking for the Raps Resurrection event, and Dr. Barry's been doing this for the last three years. So he started with the country. He narrowed it down from the country, narrowed it down to the state, narrowed it down to the town. We narrowed it down to the plot of land, and right now we're at a 10-foot, 10-foot section now. We can be pretty confident with our metal detectors now in this little section here because if people want to start talking about dates, go please go right ahead. I'm open about dates right now. I just posted this guy's video uh, uh, Philip Barnett about his dream about the nuclear war, and he said, "Hey, it's going to be on November 11th, 11 11. And You know, it's like you know, that. That makes sense to me. The uh, the uh, the pilgrims made that pact with God on November 11th. Uh, he had that vision on November 11th, and he said that the nuclear war, the Lord showed him, will be on November 11th. One 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 one. There it goes again. So yeah. I'm like, okay, that's the way it's going to be now because when the I'm not going to say no man knows a day or hour now because all the information that has now been made known, yeah. right? If we are, all the stuff is now made known to us over the last 70 years because we, we are now in the end times, right? Mm -hmm. Dr. Barry, like yeah. the book God is good. God said we would see this day approaching. We'd see it. Yeah. We'd see it approaching. You know, We're, we don't have exact because he, that's not how he operates. And the wise men didn't have exact either. Hmm. And they were wise men. <laughs> Amen. So we don't need exact. I'm happy. I'm happy with I'm happy with seeing it approaching. Yeah. You know? And 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 honestly, even though it's the highest watch ever since Revelation 12, it, it passes. We got the baby beauty right next. Feast of Trumpets. Yeah. Everybody has always thought Feast of Trumpets would be the day you know because last trump last trump yeah last trump. Last trump, and then you yeah. you learn about the 10 other names of feast of trumpets and it's known as crowning the king and the bride and the you know all these different things and 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 honestly i think they're more 
Jewish and for the Hebrews. And I believe at the end of the tribulation, it will be the 6,000th year, which will be a jubilee, in the which on a jubilee, Feast of Trumpets gets smushed up 10 days to Yom Kippur. So when God comes back with us behind him, he's clothed in blood, Yom Kippur clothes, with us in white, Yom Kippur clothes, and, and comes to gather everybody. He'll fulfill trumpets and atonement the same day, gather everybody in tabernacle with them. So we, we know it's going to end at 6,000 because he says, I got a thousand yeah. year reign. Do you think it's going to be 6,000 in two years? No, it's going to be yeah. 6,000. 6, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you're right about that, Dr. Barry, for certain. Um, I've, I actually, I think a long time left a comment on your channel about, I think you mentioned something about uh, eminence or not subscribing to it. And, um, and uh, I was like, yeah, because you're right, because all the prophecy itself and the prophecy that's been fulfilled, it really just dismantles eminence. God is a God of order. Everything he does is absolute perfection. I mean, just look at his creation and everything. He's yeah, it's just absolutely spot on. So the, I just don't see God like with a dart, like right. It's gonna be that day right there. <laughs> you know, like this looks like the perfect day for a rapture. People, people still think up, he's up there looking at his nails, wondering, eh, should I move yet? <laughs> the thing is, the book, the book says this was already done. He already saw a yeah. thousand years from now. He already threw cat, Satan into the ground you know, into hell forever, right? He already let him out and threw him back. So, you know, rapture's a done deal. He, I yeah. promise you, he picked a perfect day. To many of us on the earth, it will seem eminent. That's mm -hmm. the thing. Yeah. When, when yeah. he poured the spirit on the church, to many of them, it seemed like it just came. But if any of them were sharp, they're like, hey, we got this feast of wine coming up. I bet you it's going to be on the piece of wine. I just saw Jesus fulfill Shavuot and unleavened bread and first fruits and Passover exactly on the day. Yep. I bet you it's going to be the piece of wine. Mm -hmm. And then some of them are like, I, I don't know. So for them, it seemed eminent. And Jesus said, though it tarry, wait for it because it will seem to tarry. But it won't tarry. It'll come exactly, and it won't tarry because he knows the day. So I, I, I believe I was called to try to uh, teach about his ways, and and when you know his ways, you fall deeper in love with him. And yeah. so, it, you know his ways. You're like, wow, he is exact on everything. I mm. promise you, it will perfectly fulfill faithful exact year, yeah. exact day. That's and, awesome. And, you know, we're looking at it's going to be 1993 years from when the church started, seven years before 2000. To me, I'm like, I don't I don't know why that's the number of years. You know, mm -hmm. does anybody know why 1993 is awesome? Probably if you divide it by pi and and uh, <laughs> the stars, and, it's then. probably the exact seven of something, you know, but I can't. Yeah. I don't know. I, I wish it was exactly 2000, but the 2000 was promised to Israel. He said, after, he, he said, he said, I've torn Israel. Isn't this in a Hosea? I've torn you, Israel, but after two days, I will revive you. So for mm -hmm. Israel, it has to be 2000. 
that mm-hmm. means we got to go seven years early. That and I know sense. there's still uh, people that want to argue the seven year uh, tribulation, but no, you always get that. But it, it yeah, yeah. So I mean, clear. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I know. You know, I, I like the, um, you know, the whole idea of the Watchmen community right now is they got, like I said, all of them are all still stuck on nobody knows the dare hour, even though we already debunked the whole thing here. Okay. But, you know, think of it this way. You know, if I had, let's, let's pretend anybody here had a, you had your home, you're trying to protect yourself, and you hire a guard detail to protect you because somebody's trying to kill you. Okay. So you have these guards standing around your house and, and I look at the people who say no one knows their hour. They don't study. They just said it because they just heard it somewhere. And they think it's the right thing to say. Those re- those people represent those guards standing around my house because they're like, I don't know what's going to happen or when. I'm just watching. That's it. Okay. That's great. I mean, you're, you're kind of a low-level guard. Okay. You don't know that much. I want a guard detail that has a team that's on social media tracking this dude, watching what he's doing, tracking his phone, listening to his conversations, watch everything his movements who he's talking to and seeing how he's going to approach my house okay that is what you do dr barry that's the type of watchman i want not the guys gonna sit around well let's i don't know anything gonna it could happen today it could happen next week i don't know i'm i'm just gonna be ready okay but then we have these other guys who are watching this thing real close trying to prevent something from happening no in that case and jesus told us in luke uh, chapter 12 verse 39 and 40 but know this that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into if he would have known the hour so he said hey you better know the hour you better study you better do your homework you better be ready okay I'm coming do your work know the hour I'm going to tell you yeah, the Bible says as as one God God conceals them, but as an honor of kings to search out a matter. Okay, that's what yeah. we're doing. Well, and He promised yeah. to unseal it in Daniel. So we should be seen if God's word is true, and we believe God's word. We should see the Holy Spirit has led some to understand some new information. There mm-hmm. has to be something new. People want to hang so tight to. What always was, it's like yeah, tradition. We're in the last, we're in the last generation. Doesn't we work. Right be, we should be seeing the Holy Spirit lead some to see something new. This is a big new thing. Nobody knew about mm-hmm. this feast of wine and how big it was. So this mm-hmm. is a big new thing. And then, and yeah, then well, to be so rapture juicy, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but so, Doctor Barry, I think some of that is also uh, attributed to uh, the person's heart. Where they where they really want to be during this period? Yeah. Do they see themselves, uh, you know, having a family in the future? Mm. Uh, do they see themselves making a lot of money? Is there still something that is holding them back? Something about this world that's holding them back from wanting to be with Jesus? That's yeah. that's the concerning thing here because those are the people who aren't really watching. Those are the people who have something else, an ulterior ulterior motive. Perhaps there's something going on with the heart, isn't there? Right? We always talk yeah. about in this Bible, I, this is yeah. a heart. I've seen, I've yeah. seen some yeah. people that are angry. building yeah. their business, ministry, whatever. Things are going very well, 
and they're saying, oh, it's definitely not this year. It's definitely not next year. It's like they don't really want anything to happen because things are going really well for them. And they're, yeah. they're starting to financially really rake it in. And so, um, yeah, that's why I've, I've always been very animate about um, not not asking for money. I, I, I want to do this as a labor of love, you know, completely. So I, 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 I just I knew if I started making money, which is totally good. I mean, if you're going to make money in the world, so if you make money doing an honest, great job for the Lord is the best way, you know, but mm-hmm. I knew it would change me. I knew it would change me. Yeah. And then it would be about how can I make my business better? Not yeah. about the entrepreneur. Lord, mindset. Where are you? The heart of a good man is in the hand of the Lord, like the rivers of water, whithersoever, which way he leads it. He does. I want to keep my heart uh, away from, because I know me. If I'm if I'm making money at this, it's going to change everything, you know. So again, I I'm not against any pastor making yeah. money for doing a, a great ministry. I I think they deserve it. That's some of the best money you ever spend. Yeah. I donate to ministry. I donate to Bob's Bob's ministry because how do I point at you, Bob? <laughs> but I mean, honestly, I I, put, I donate to Bob's ministry because it's fantastic. And I love how you show what you're doing. You know, a lot of yeah. times I've given to I've given to people all my life, and you never know what happens. You know, but Bob yeah. is showing exactly what he's doing with it, and the smiling faces in these other countries is priceless. Best money you can ever spend. Donate to yeah. Bob Ministry. <laughs> he's doing it right. You know, and donate yeah. to brothers and sisters <laughs> thing, that need. It- help it's it's not just monetary though yeah i was gonna say it's not just monetary and this is something that i've personally i don't like talking about it but it's just things that i've seen you know and i'm not saying anything about anyone but people will change just for views people will change for subscribers people will change their perspectives just for specific little nuances like that and it's 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 one of those things where I, I it's it's so multifaceted and I guess you got to know like Dr. Barry he, you know he knows how he is and you know I'm I'm the same way like I know there's certain boundaries that I don't want to cross either you know what I mean because mm-hmm. let's let's face it you got to be on if you got to be honest with yourself guys you know yeah. if yeah. you know how, where your weaknesses are stay clear you know that's the best the best place to be but yeah it's really sad because I've definitely seen a lot of people go certain directions just just to get a truckload of views or subscriber counts and stuff like that they lose the essence of what it was all about to begin with it wasn't about you know it wasn't it's no longer about having an awesome bible study talking about jesus the blessed hope but it's become about how can i get more people in and isn't that the tragedy that's happened to the churches in america you know, they, they start these buildings and it starts out as a good thing. They have a, you know, a living room full of people. Next thing you know it, they have a mega church. There's, I'm not saying anything about the church name or anything, but I was at a church once and they were like, Oh, great. We raised uh, like $193 million to add on a new wing. And I was like, oh $193 million and you're going to add a wing when I see homeless people everywhere who are starving. Yep. Starving people on our streets in America? 
I mean, this is messed up, guys. Like, yeah, and that's that's I think we're at. That was our exact experience with the church called Grace of all things. <laughs> yeah, your Whatever testimony was we awesome. It just reminded me of growing up, man. Because yeah, me and my sister in <laughs> the church. I love you, Mom and Pop, if you're watching this one. <laughs> you got punishment church, too? I love it. <laughs> but, you know, God, you just growing up in church, you know, it was just, it was funny. But, you know, when we got to the age where we could decide, I also decided to keep going. I didn't understand really anything. But I knew I, I knew I wanted the Lord. I just didn't know. And, you know, it was like I didn't know how to have that relationship. No one talked about that relationship with the Lord. And that was just the part that I really wanted the most, you know, because like you, I, I just I was always trying to be better, do better, do good, you know, be righteous. And no one ever said, hey, you know, it's not your righteousness. It's, it's at stake, right? You have to have the imputed righteousness of God. That's the only way. Amen. And when, when I seen Robert Breaker talking about it, it was like, that makes total sense now, you know? Yeah. There's a good. question. What, what are you saying there right that? What, what that can't talk? What you said there, Michael, is a great segue to his question here for Dr. Barry. Uh, it asks, Dr. Barry all, who goes in the rapture? Clear this up for everyone, please. Uh, this, is, this is 100% scripturally, biblically true because... There's two verses. Not all who call upon the Lord Jesus shall see the kingdom of heaven. But all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, although through fire. So the only ones see in heaven are the raptured Holy Spirit filled church and Tribulation saints. Everybody else, they could be saved, although through fire. So when you are born again, you receive the spirit of God, making you now complete. And you are sealed with the Holy Spirit promise, which will, at the trumpet sound, burst this old wineskin and make you supernatural and incorruptible. So you must be born again. How are you born again? By hearing the truth of who Jesus was, understanding his blood paid for you, and you accept this free gift. He took your sins off of you and put his righteousness onto you, making you perfect. You are now born again. It doesn't have to be a dramatic life-changing event like mine was. Many times it is, but it can also be subtle that you are just growing in this knowledge. So don't don't discount yourself. If you are believing in the blood of Jesus Christ as payment for you, and you understand that nothing you do can ever earn it, you are trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. You are born again. So he has sent your, his spirit to work in you. Depending on your life, you, you, you may have a different response. But every single one that has the spirit will go. None of the people that have known of Jesus, call him Lord, and are bringing their own fruit like Cain will go. Yeah. Nobody exactly. that works 
and brings their works because when Jesus says they were caught up and the door was shut and they came, this is what they said. Lord, Lord, haven't I. This is what I would have said back before I was saved, that cute little church family, and everybody got raptured. I would have said, Lord, Lord, haven't I gone to church all this time? Haven't I done good at spitting out my sins? Haven't I done this? Haven't I done that? All about me. And that is what they will come saying. Lord, Lord, haven't I cast out devils in your name? Haven't I done these good works in your name? And he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. Because to know him is to know he is Savior, and you're not co-Savior. You're, you're not any part of this. Your, your best efforts still fall as filthy rags. So every single, and, and, and also Amen. every child will go. And I know the Lord gave us the story of Noah of saving the animals because your yeah. pets are going to go. Your little <laughs> beautiful pets that you love because God is so good. He says, whatever you've thought, you don't even know the half of what I have <laughs> yes. prepared for you. Exactly. I'm not going to leave out Fifi or Fufu, your, <laughs> your little puppy or, or your cuddles kitten. I promise you. He's going to have our animals up there, and and yeah. you actually are going to have a, a better relationship. You're going to be able to communicate with them. You might even be able to communicate with flowers and grass and sunshine, <laughs> and it's going to be so amazing, guys. I I, yeah. I, I, I really <laughs> encourage you to look forward yeah. to this day. <laughs> yeah. well, that's actually it's actually biblical. The what did Apostle Paul say to that jailer? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you and your whole household will be saved. I got five dogs that. in my household that depend on me to take care of them. Yep. That's <laughs> so. right. My whole, yeah. and, and, and even with the story of Lot, right? She got to bring, didn't they say cattle and stuff like that? She got to bring all of her possessions and her family. And that includes you can sanctify Rahab, right? unbelievers in your household. They mm. may get that chance. And there was a parable about there's a wedding and somebody shows up without the garment. And I, I think we might be able um, to bring somebody up that is a non-believer. Most non-believers will instantly believe. Some may be stubborn and not have the garment and get cast out of that wedding. That's the best I can interpret that. But I, I'm, um, I'm not sure about that. But I, I have, besides yeah, my thing. children, I have spiritual children, which are friends and associates of, of my family, you know, and, I, and I, I'm working on, 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 on some of these, you know, that want to say I'm agnostic or I'm atheist yeah. or, you know, I believe in coexisting and it's like, okay, here's what I'll tell you. Jesus is the only way there's going to come only a day. Way. If we disappear, here's what you do. I've had these conversations. That's right. That's good. Uh, I think we're going to stop. We're going to end it here. But uh, I do want to mention uh, Michael Pells, first of all, uh, because there is uh, something that is going that is going out that has gone out to the community and specifically on the Uptime newsletter. Uh, Michael has been going through some uh, tough times with his car. And we really would like to help him out with uh, 
possibly getting him a new vehicle if possible. Uh, Michael, how old is your car? It's 20 years old. It's a 20 year old. Okay. And what kind of, <laughs> what kind of make, what's the make a model, brother? It's a, it's a 2003 Suzuki Aereo SX. It's a import car. And, um, yeah, it stopped production in 2006. And I don't mind working on cars and getting them working again because that's just something I like to do. And God's given me a very analytical mind. So I've always enjoyed using that to troubleshoot and work on problems and fix them. But it's, it's exceedingly difficult to get pieces to a car that's not only stopped in production. It wasn't very common or popular. And now there's not really a lot of critical components out there to actually keep it roadworthy. Right. Well, you've been, you've been off the, you haven't been, you haven't made any uptimes in the last, what, three weeks, four weeks? Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I've been just, I created a GoFundMe for, for Michael, uh, for anyone who is uh, willing and able, uh, anyone who can possibly assist with this, this is the uptime, uh, excuse me, this is the uh, GoFundMe. Uh, page GoFundMe. Uh, it's GoFund.me uh, forward slash nine six one four nine five three three. I wish I could have had a vanity URL there, so it's a little easier to remember, but I don't. So, but that's the uh, GoFundMe. Uh, you can find it through the newsletter. Uh, the newsletter is found in the description, uh, the description of this YouTube channel. So, uh, please, if you are willing and able, please help Michael, um, fund for a new car or at least for the parts for his current vehicle, which you've been driving for the what last six days, brother. Yeah. Yeah. So far, so far okay. by the grace All of right. God, it's, okay. it's <laughs> got it up and running. Listen, it's still hey. running right now, but, uh, it's so, it's so important because it's not, you know, not just for us, but man, we, we try so hard to get out in the community and I do a lot of lawn care work for people and taking people yeah. grocery shopping and stuff, especially elderly who can't get around. And, um, that's something that my wife's done all her life was caregiving. So that's something okay. we like to, we like to do. Yes. Uh, let me better. say. With with these GoFundMe's, guys, I know I know how all of us with a loving heart for the Lord would love to give. We look for places to give, and you want to give a lot, but don't let it hesitate you if you only can give a five dollars or even a dollar. If a hundred people gave a dollar, that's a hundred dollars, you know. So I, I encourage you if you ever just wanted to, just just go do that and just, just give a dollar, give a hundred. Yeah. I give a hundred something. Give ten thousand dollars. I recommend people pray about things like this. But anyway, yeah, you gotta. I've been there where I'm like, oh, I wish I could get. If only I had some money, I would give. And it's like Jesus said to that woman that gave the two mites. He yeah. said she gave, gave more him. than that guy that gave the big chunk because he's rich and she gave out of her poverty. Yeah. And I, I love that. Yeah. So, oh yeah, Amazing. I love that Amazing. too. And also, guys, prayers mean more than any any monetary thing that you could ever offer me. You know, awesome. I I live on prayers, guys. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 hard for me getting around now with the health problems, but uh, it, it's just I need your prayers. You know, and oh, Doctor Barry, you should 
um, I should get your email address and maybe you could help me out with blood. I was going to say, you got health problems? <laughs> I know stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's this a doctor. Be don't you know? D-R-B-A-W-E at Gmail. Yeah. Dr. B. Aw at Gmail. I don't care who all, right all has it. I get hundreds. Yeah. I can't answer them all. My wife has to go through them. She's probably That's mad me. at me because I told her. <laughs> She's like, oh, no. Here comes the flood. I think I got like, oh, man, like, I think I got emails right now in my inbox. <laughs> B-R-B-A-W-E at Gmail. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, Michael, cause... make sure you say, hey, it's me, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely will do. The Gilligan's <laughs> Island, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just sit right back and hear a tale. Gilly bones. Yeah. Now, I know this is the question everyone has: Is Doctor is is Mister Bones going to be able to go in the rapture? (laughs) Yes, he goes first. So (laughs) I've been watching him, and sometimes I bring him home. So I just if I'm going to be away from the clinic for a while, and I know when he goes. Boom, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. I'm right. going yeah, to plastic. The dead in Christ, right first. Oh, my, my wife is uh, is reassuring people that his bones are not made of human bones. <laughs> but he's oh, going. Yeah. I, I, disclaimer. You know, um, disclaimer. I, I think disclaimer. God is, uh, like like uh, Bob said, you know, our whole household. God is so thoughtful. God is so kind. Yeah. I don't know how he's going to do it, but Mr. Bones is going to be up there. <laughs> but I saw somebody in the comments say, I don't believe that everybody, you know, you can bring your people, but Lot's wife, Lot got yeah, to bring his wife. That's what I said. Give them an audience. Oh, people, some, somebody in the comments said, I don't believe you can bring your people, but that's biblical. It says the unbelieving, uh, the believing spouse can sanctify yep, their sanctify. own spouse, yep, and yep. you can bring your whole household, Right. Yeah, amen. I've, I've I've looked at that quite often, and, and you have so many stories about a single individual being responsible for the salvation of the whole household. And yeah. I mean, you got it's all over the place in Rahab and Lot and Noah mm-hmm. and his family, and yeah. I mean, there's just families all over the place. <laughs> Lot, say, you know? Lot was righteous, but we wouldn't say the others were. Yeah, and he even got the opportunity to bring out the sons-in-laws, but they laughed at it. Yeah. Well, the Bible so, says that that, that it's, it's his will that none shall perish, but all shall come to repentance. Yeah. Okay. So it's <laughs> like, awesome. I can see him doing something like that because he's like, I want zero to perish. So if I have to save you and you, I'll, I'll honor your whole household just so I can save more people because it's my will that none shall perish. And I've yeah. already have too many people going to hell. So yeah. we got to do something here. Yeah. Got to do something. <laughs> So well, we're going yeah. one way or the other. Yeah, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so far, blast. We're waiting for that. We're waiting for that. Before we Amen. close out, just prayers for Kevin Huckman and for uh, Bob Hagen. Bob Hagen couldn't make it tonight. Uh, he had surgery recently, so just lift him up in prayer. Uh, of course, uh, by the way, his wife, he told me that uh, his wife watches you, Dr. Barry. You are, uh, Yay! You are a very popular guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yep. Yes. Amen. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for uh, everything that you've uh, you've brought to the table tonight. We appreciate that. Uh, and once again, to see Dr. Barry, you can go to his uh, YouTube channel. Let me just bring it back up real quick. Uh, nope, that's not it. 
There it is, Dr. Barry, YouTube channel. I didn't channel. know you could name it something when when I started. I was so like out of my league when I felt the <laughs> unction of God. He's like, speak. And I, I'm like, no, no, I literally, I don't know nothing. It was, it, I was at the last minute, you know, putting this stuff out. So, yeah, that's why it's just me and it's some of my old business partners and my wife in the photo. I didn't even know how to change that. I think I would have called it Rapture Watcher Guy. <laughs> or well, you definitely stick up The because... Date Center. I would call myself the Date Center Guy. <laughs> date Center. Right. We, better get, we better go before we get ourselves in trouble. That's Thank right. you for coming on. Thank you for Thank coming you for on. God bless on. you all. It was, a, it was a great pleasure. Great honor to be on. I love you guys. Love you guys. Take care. We love God you too. God bless you. Thank you.